0: Back at it here on the Juice on the Cues podcast, Matt D'Agostino alongside Wes Chang. We are Sunday, December 17th, and we're going to shove aside the NFL Sunday and get to some Syracuse hoops, Wes, because Syracuse went out to South Dakota, took on Oregon, a neutral site game, and lo and behold, after a slow start, 83-63, the Orange take this one. Uh, very formidable fashion over the last three quarters of the game, basically, where they kind of uh, were were pretty dominant at times. Wes um, and I, I think uh, it's safe to say the big catalyst for this win for the Orange was the bench in this ball game.
1: Absolutely, Matt. When you look at those four guys that came off the bench, I'm talking about my favorite, Malik Brown, Benny Williams, Quadir Copeland, and Kyle Kuff. I want to point out Kyle Cuff to begin with because as you mentioned, Syracuse got out of the gates really slow and it looked like it was actually gonna be a blowout. But the other way, we started texting, you know, right in that the middle of that, and we're like, Oh, I don't know how this podcast is gonna go. We're not gonna have a lot of positive things to say. Lo and behold, Kyle Cuff checks in, scores eight points. Suddenly, Syracuse is not down 10 anymore. They're actually up two when he has a fast break dunk off a of steal. So Kudos to Kyle Cuff. He didn't really play a lot in the second half, but the impact he had on the first half, especially during that big run, was the, the key to that. And I, I think you you can't say enough positive things about Quidier Copeland. I know you have a lot of things to say about that, Matt.
0: Yeah, 32 minutes off the bench, first of all. So you know Adrian Autry trusts him. But 15, 9, and 5 is a stat line? Like... We heard about it kind of in the beginning of uh, the season, the preseason, kind of in media day where Quittier Copeland was getting a lot of those like human interest features of this is the guy that keeps the team loose, cracking jokes, always smiling, seems to be friends with everybody on the team, but it's carried over to on the court where he just fits in where he needs to. So today he got to the cup more than a few times for easy buckets. He's there on the glass. He's distributing. He's playing defense. He's got the long arms. Um, you know, you look at the bench for Adrian Autry's club today. Um, they're the reason they won this ball game. You go nine deep legitimately. And when Chance Westry comes back at some point this season, we'll see what that does to Autry's rotation. But all of these guys, uh, come in contribute and it helps the orange get, get a, a, a much needed big win on a neutral court.
1: Yeah. And one other guy I wanted to point out, uh, you mentioned all these bench guys, but Benny Williams deserves a lot of credit, too, because he's been in the doghouse. He didn't play to start the season. He lost his job in the starting rotation. He's continued to work hard. And here's another game where he get, he gives you eight points, but he gives you so much more than that, too, because we've been watching him for a couple seasons now and he hangs out too much on the perimeter appears passive on the defense. That wasn't the case today. I thought I saw a lot of hustle from him. He had a lot of great drives, and he was looking for his teammates as well. So so long as he doesn't think to play like a shooting guard and actually plays the way he plays today, he's going to get a lot more playing time. He's going to finally tap into that athletic potential.
0: Yeah, I mean, there are things he does every game where you look at it and you're like, holy cow, this guy is super athletic. And if he could just play this way consistently, Syracuse has a much needed weapon for them you know, whether it's jumping, leaping for alley-oop lobs, or, um, you know, when the jump shot looks good, it looks really good. Uh, There are things he does, you know, he got a ball in the second half, kind of trapped underneath the basket, catches it, and just goes up with a reverse lay, a reverse dunk, rather, um, and kind of smirks on his way down the floor, like, all right, I wasn't planning on doing that, but I'm athletic enough to make it happen. So, like, you know, I think when he came to Syracuse, this was the kind of stuff that people were expecting out of him, and we can get it in spurts, but I think with a lot of these players, just because of the youth on the roster and the inexperience somewhat, um, getting that consistency to be able to do that will be a way that they can go to the next level, I think, at some point.
1: And speaking of the consistency, you know what we we've gotten consistency from Judah Mintz throughout the season, and you know eighteen points, five assists, got to the the line eleven times. We'll talk about his turnovers in a little bit, but one guy who I I see being more consistent is JJ Starling. You know he went three for three against Georgetown from three point land. I think that really kicked off his confidence because he went two or three from downtown against Oregon. They were basically daring him to shoot at one point. And he says, "Oh, you're going to let me shoot? Well, great. I'm going to I'm going to knock home a couple of threes. He had 14 points. So the two of them, when they're playing well, I think it's so critical to their success. And when they play well together at the same time, Syracuse is going to be very successful. So it's great seeing the two of them play so well.
0: Yeah, it's a great formidable backcourt um, in the nation. I, I think they're you know one of a uh, ten or fifteen backcourts that are uh of the upper echelon in in the game period so um the way they get to the basket at will seemingly is great mince's skill to get to the free throw line and yes that is a skill to be able to draw the contact get to the line and then convert um you know that helps them go a a long long way and again if we if we you know see, see the guys like starling if he's gonna be able to you know, spot up on the outside when, when Mince is driving or Bell or Taylor or cuff. If these guys can spot up and get good looks when, when Mince and Starling are driving to the basket and be able to knock them down, that's where you're going to start to see some of this balance offensively.
1: So we're going to have Andrew Cowie on in a little bit to talk more Syracuse basketball. And this is a question that I'm going to ask him, but I wanted to talk to you about it first too, Matt, which is the turnovers because Syracuse created a lot of turnovers. They also had a lot of turnovers. And I mentioned Judah Mintz before. He had a great game, but he also had six turnovers. He also stole the ball four times. Malik Brown has three turnovers. He also added four steals. And that really led to Syracuse getting out in the open court, you know, 13-4 edge and fast break points in the first half off those steals. But they still got to take care of the ball a little bit better, right, Matt?
0: Yeah, I mean, uh, if you bet the over in turnovers, you probably covered by the end of the first half between these two teams. 38 turnovers, exactly 19 apiece. So uh, it was sloppy at times, um, certainly in the first 10 minutes of the ball game too. And I, I think, again, that's, that's the rub that you're going to see with youth and inexperience. Um, there are times where the guys look great. They look like they're in sync um we just don't see it for long stretches consistently they'll make a great play and then the next time down the court it's a boneheaded pass or it's just an unforced error that didn't need to happen and that's what you know creates those turnovers uh but like you said they're able to get some of it back on the defensive end with their activity which is great um once you start limiting your own turnovers and are able to keep up the turnovers on the defensive end, forcing turnovers, again, these are things where we start to see incremental steps along the way. And, you know, it may just be coming with experience, whether it's the players themselves, the system, the coaching, everybody's trying to kind of meld together at this point. And it's, there's going to be a learning curve with it.
1: Yeah. And again, it was that defense to offense that really changed the complexion of the game because Syracuse down 10 down double digits early. They started creating a couple of those turnovers and getting out in the open court and just getting some dunks in, it's a lot easier to hit, uh, you know, to, to dunk the ball through when no one's guarding you, as opposed to taking a contested jumper. So I think, you know, once they commit to that defense and they continue to force those turnovers, things are going to work out really well for them. Yeah, was, we're going to uh, take it.
0: I was, was going to say, you know, it's it's one thing really for us to talk about it. Um, I had an illustrious high school basketball career, um, but I think it's uh, it bodes well for us to have somebody who actually played the game at the college level with Syracuse. Uh, Andrew Cowie will join us on the other side of the break here on the Juice on the Cues podcast. Welcome back to the Juice on the Cues podcast. Matt D'Agostino and Wes Chang now joined by... Former orange man, and I can say orange man because he was back in that day. That is true. just the orange, of course. And national champion, Andrew Cowie, going to take a couple of minutes with us here today to talk Syracuse, Oregon. Again, 8363, the orange take this one over the Ducks on a Sunday afternoon. Andrew, thanks for joining us. Uh, just kind of wanted to start off. Brief thoughts about what you thought of the game today.
2: I mean, first of all, I think it's a great win, right? Anytime you go West Coast, you know, Oregon's a team, right? They weren't going into the game, you know, a top 10 or a top 20 team. But, you know, they're it's Oregon basketball, right? And you're, you're playing an early game also on the road on a Sunday. A lot of uh, – that's a recipe for a loss and a long flight home. And uh, I think to get the win and get the win the way we did um, really is – you know, it's a, it shows, I think – A credit to not only the players, but even the coaches as well in terms of, again, you know, coming off of Hawaii, everyone's a little bit down, but you see the improvement game by game, certain games, certain improvements, maybe take a step back with Virginia. But again, you're just seeing the progress and the, you know, coming together. And I think, I think that's all positive for, for the team and for, as we get more into ACC play.
1: Again, we're on with former Syracuse Guard and 2003 National Championship and the Juice Online Senior College Basketball Analyst, Andrew Cowie. Uh, Andrew, I, I wanted to, you know, I ask you this question every year, which is you, you, you've gotten a good sample size. We're 11 games into the season. You know what an NCAA team looks like, having played on several yourself. Does this team, as it's constituted, look like an NCAA tournament team to you?
2: Oh, I think absolutely, for sure. I think anytime you get, you have two guards, right, that can, that, our playmaker guards that can take over a game or really kind of get the offensive going, you're already, you know, a step ahead of a lot of teams. So that's huge. Uh, And then we have shooters that kind of, you know, really accompany them. Uh, So they definitely have potential, but, you know, college basketball, especially now, you know, compared to what it was 10 years ago, it's a lot different and with transfer portals and new players and all that, you know, the chemistry takes a little bit harder to build. So, you know, you, you're you always going to have a couple bad games and you don't know how that's going to really change the mentality, um, the chemistry internally so that it, it's tough. Um, but they but they had the talent. Um, and I think, um, you know, getting some key wins here, or there on the road in the ACC will will uh, will get them there for sure.
0: Andrew, you were on a team that seemingly had. You know the perfect kind of chemistry cohesion. That championship team was one where it just seemed like all the pieces fit together. There was such um, compatibility with you guys and, and just such balance between the skill sets of all the guys on that team. We've seen this team now for 11 games this year, and it's a new coach, a lot of new faces. Even the old faces are still young and some relatively inexperienced. How much can a Syracuse fan expect this cohesion to be uh forming even as we're almost you know halfway through the season or you know how long does something like that take it seemed to click for you guys in that championship year and we're starting to see the improvements as you mentioned but is it something realistically that we can expect at this point or maybe maybe not even by the end of the season but going into year two with Adrian Autry just give me your thoughts on how all of that stuff develops
2: it really develops a lot of it you know on certain wins obviously play a huge part, right? And especially wins uh, that are that on the road or wins that are kind of unique. Uh, you know, we had a big win at Michigan State. That was kind of like in the middle of the year, kind of a weird time. But that was like a win that, great win on the road, brought everybody together, great road trip, and just gave the team confidence that, wow, we there's something special here. To me, it all comes down to uh, the guard play, but not, so, so Judah and JJ have, great talent to be able to create their own shot and really kind of go on a scoring barrage, obviously Judah being on the elite level. But to me, I want to see them more get more assist because um, Taylor and Bell are great shooters, right? They can get really hot, but they're not the type of players that are going to create their own shot. So they need help for, you know, from Judah or J.J. to kind of give them a little bit of space. They're bigger guards, bigger forwards, so they don't need a lot of space, but they just need a little bit to kind of get their three off. So I saw a lot early on J.J. and Judah sometimes, because they're so elite scorers, they try to do too much, and so they're taking a tough shot or a bad shot, but they know they can make it, but what happens is you're not getting certain other players involved. And when, when you get tough defenses or you get a couple of trips down the road that you don't score, you know, Jude and JJ, are like, all right, I got to do it on my own because we got to get a bucket. But, you know, you, you, when you see a lot of games where we had six assists in one game or eight assists or as a team, right? Nine assists as a total team, that's, that's low. Right. But then when you see games like against uh, here, Oregon, we had 16 assists or against LSU, 16 assists. That gets everybody involved. And the more that you can get Taylor and Bell involved early, right, it just opens actually the space up for J.J. and Judah. And we, and if you think about the team, like getting – that's hard to guard, that whole team, right? You have two elite guards that can score on their own, get fouled to the line. Now you have Bell and Taylor, good shooters. So, so the defense is – that's tough when, when we're making the extra pass here and there, that's a tough team to guard. And then when you you know, add the bench play in, cope and get hot or Benny get hot, whatever, it's a tough team to guard. But when we're having six or eight assists as a team, that's easier to guard. And to me, now I've been looking for every game is how do we pass the ball? Do we make the extra pass? Do, are we doing a lot of drive and kicking? Because I think it, when when you see that happen, then the team really clicks. I think LSU was a perfect example. That first half, I felt like I was watching the Spurs play. We we're making extra passes, assist here, assist there, and and it's hard to guard when you have a, that kind of talent around it. So maybe me, not the Spurs true, this year, Andrew. <laughs> yeah, right. That's true. <laughs> I I that's take
0: Wemby on Syracuse. He fit nicely in the middle. He'd be but fine.
2: I I gotta see like those two. I know they're elite scorers. I know they can get their own shot. But if I if Judah and JJ just early in the game can try to get Taylor and Bell a little bit more in terms of driving and kicking, it's really going to make life for them easier in the second half. Um, so that's that to me is, is really the kind of key, key thing I'm looking at.
1: Andrew, thank you so much. We really appreciate <laughs> the time. Again, the Juice Online Senior College Basketball Analyst, 2003 National Championship, uh, and 2003 Syracuse Basketball Guard. So many titles, Andrew. We really appreciate <laughs> it, though, and we'll catch up with you soon.
2: All right. Thanks for having me.
1: and we're back on the juice on the Q's podcast west chang alongside matt dagostino matt i want to talk about to close the show a very busy weekend for syracuse football as everyone knows syracuse getting a huge commitment on sunday morning from o- ohio state let me just let me just say that again because we don't get to say it that often ohio state transfer quarterback kyle mccord is coming to syracuse so that was it's a really big story he's one of the top quarterbacks in the portal and this is not a quarterback you get unless you have fran brown as the head coach working his connections getting him on campus and ultimately convincing him to come so another big uh, commitment for syracuse it was actually their second commitment of the weekend Zeed hayes the wide receiver committing to syracuse late saturday night and there are more coming matt and these are not you know these diamond the rough two two star three star guys these are two four star recruits top 250 players in their class who are now coming to play for syracuse you never thought you'd see the day. Again, I mentioned this in the last podcast, the most excited I've been for Syracuse football since 2001. This just cements it.
0: Yeah, it's, it's definitely an exciting thing. Um, and now you, you could probably say I was guilty of being a prisoner of the moment. But if you were in the D'Agostino household this morning, you see the news about McCord coming to Syracuse. Um, I did utter the words to my wife. You heard it here first. Syracuse football national champions next season. Now, um, when Syracuse basketball (laughs) is up 20 in the second half, I may have also uttered to my wife, Syracuse basketball NCAA tournament champions. Uh, So there may have been a a little hyperbole uh, and and, and due to just the excitement of the weekend. Perhaps, perhaps. Um, but I think we'll close with this. I think I do agree with Andrew, uh, from the last segment, 11 games in, I'm feeling pretty good about the improvements that Syracuse has made. And Steve Lapis said it a few times during the broadcast today that it may be tough for Syracuse to crack the top four in the ACC. Um, but I feel fairly comfortable with calling Syracuse an NCAA tournament team this season. Now, Again, I, I I won't go as far as saying national champions. That just seems foolish, and I'll leave that for other people to say or most likely not say. But um, just the excitement of the weekend. It's 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 a good weekend. It's a good win for the basketball team. Uh, it's a good get for the football team at quarterback, and we see how many times how other things fall into place when you've got a good quarterback for you, whether it be in the college game or the NFL. Um I'll just wrap it up by saying it's been a good weekend for Syracuse sports, and I'm I'm completely fine with that.
1: Great time to be a Central New York uh, sports fan. And that's going to do it for us on the Juice on the Cues. For Matt D'Agostino, I'm Wes Chang. You've been listening to the Juice on the Cues podcast, and we'll see you next time.
0: You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks?